Hello. <laughs> Don't sound so happy to see me. Welcome back. That was such an aggressive hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Goodbye. What's that? That's an Adele song, but I, I think all I know is the hello part. Oh, hello from the other side. Oh, yeah. I'm singing the wrong melody. That's not yeah, how it no, goes. Yeah, no, it's hello from the other side. Yeah, that's, that's it, how yeah. it goes. At least I can say that, that I tried. Whatever. But at the very beginning, she does go, hello. That's not what you did, though. You went, hello. (laughs) All right. Hey, everybody. I'm LaTara. Hi, I'm Laura. And this is Passions Passions Podcast. We did it. We did it. We did it. We're doing it again. We're doing it again. Cool it, Sheridan. Cool it, Sheridan. (laughs) (laughs) So, today we're going to be talking about episodes 67 and 68, right? I think so. And this is episode, what, like 38 of the podcast? I've lost count. I'm pretty sure it's episode 38. I don't know anymore. I think it is. I can't believe we've been doing this for so long. It's pretty incredible. It is pretty incredible. Look at our stick to itiveness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it started off as a lark and then it turned into a thing. Yeah, a lark and now it's a Clark. Okay. <laughs> That's Clark Kent. Okay. Passions, episode 67, opens at the Crane Mansion, where Pilar has come back to the Crane Mansion. Right. And Ivy's like standing in her, I thought they were in her bedroom, but then later on they were in the living room. Maybe they moved around a few times. Yeah, well, Ivy was in, but she was definitely in her bedroom, right? She was definitely in her bedroom. She had her um, locket. She was kind of playing with that locket with a picture of her and Sam. Probably, yeah. Well, do we know what's in we it? We don't yet? know what's in it. Oh, no. I assume it's her and Sam. Uh, you know, yeah, because I, I remember looking up at the TV and thinking, how the fuck did they get to the living room? Yeah, because she was in her room, and then Ethan came in, and maybe that's why yeah. they... Oh, and then she and Ethan went to the living room to drink their hot chocolate. Oh, is that what it yep. was? Oh, okay. I was like, how did they end up here? But okay. Yeah, no, they started off in, in Ivy's room, because she, to her knowledge, Pilar had left. And so she was, you know, thinking about Sam and playing with her locket necklace, and thinking about what the future might be, and all this other stuff. And Pilar comes in, and she goes, you know, I'm sorry, but I came back because I am troubled, and I need to speak with you. Yeah, she came back and Ivy's like, if you're coming to lecture me about my dinner tomorrow, save your breath. And Pilar's like, I'm going to drop some truth bombs on you right now and you might not like it, but if you go ahead with this plan to see Sam again, you are going to cause a disaster and it will affect the entire Crane family. All of them. That means your kids, Ivy. Oh, Lord. And Ivy's still not really, she's like... I don't care. Yeah, she doesn't care. She's like, I'm ready to blow up my life and everybody else around me. And Pilar begs her to reconsider, like, don't do this dinner, disinvite everybody, make up an excuse, get out of it somehow. Yeah, she's like, you're asking for trouble. And that's when Ethan comes in, that's when Ethan comes Mm. in and he's like, what's Pilar talking about, mother? Trouble? Trouble? What What trouble are you talking talking about? about? Ivy kind of covers saying Pilar was just saying that she should not hire back a troublesome maid. Right. That, that there was a maid that she let go that... Suzanne. Because <laughs> she was fucking Julian. More than trouble. Mm. Yeah, so... Ivy covers, and then Ethan's like, oh, well, you should take Pilar's advice, mother. The way he talks to Ivy is disconcerting. It's so stiff. Mother. Who talks to anyone like that, let alone their own parent? Hello, mother. He's like the Ethan robot. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's not him. He's a hologram of Ethan. <laughs> it's, the, it's the lines that he has to deliver. Mother. Mother. Yeah. Well, mother has said. Yeah. Well. Sounds like a Victorian ghost. Yeah. Well, you know what? One of my cousins would talk about his mom that way. Um, really? Yeah, he he called his mom mother a lot when we were when he was younger. I'm a, I'm much older than he is, but yeah, he was he would call her mother. I will sometimes refer to my parents as my mother or my father has done this or said this or whatever, but I not to their face. I say certain different things kind of as a joke to my parents. Like I'll call my mom like mommy dearest sometimes. <laughs> I'll call my parents boomer. Yeah. Okay, boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. No, I'll call him. I, I, a lot of times I'll say, like, mein Vater to my dad. Yeah, Mutter. I call yeah. him. I do say that to my yeah, mom. But yeah, but not seriously. Mm-mm. Not like, mother. Yes. Come and help me, mother. Yes, mother. Yeah, no, that's. I feel like if I ever said, like, yes, mother to my mom, she would take it offensively. I feel like she would be like, is that an attitude? Yeah, right? <laughs> Why are you being sarcastic with me? Yeah. <laughs> is that an attitude? So, anyway, Ethan is being. Com- Completely daft. He's like, oh, sure, mother. You should listen to Pilar. She's the greatest thing. She's way better than you. <laughs> oh, and you two will be happy to know that Teresa's going to be returning back to work. And now Pilar's got a whole other fire to put out. Yeah. <laughs> Pilar's like, oh, I can't do this any longer. Pilar's face when Ethan said that. And I was like, I think I was like, that's right, Pilar. You're over here at the crane mansion. You need to go take care of your home. Yeah. You need to go figure out what's going on at your home. Yeah. Stop trying true. to save Ivy Crane from yeah. herself. Go try to save your child from herself. For real. Ugh. Yeah. It, but they're inextricably linked, you know, Ethan and Teresa. Yeah. At least right now. Yep. So Pilar, like, makes her excuses and leaves. Again. Like, I gotta go. She leaves again. She, this She's, woman's tired. Yeah. She's tired. So she heads out, and Ivy and Ethan go to the living room to have hot cocoa? Yes, Is that what do. happened? Yes. Because <laughs> Ivy's like, oh my gosh, I can't remember the last time we did this. Aww. And he's like, oh, I, I used to love having hot chocolate with you, mo- mother. Uh, but it's been since I was in boarding school. So it's been years. Yeah. Since they've... Decades. Spent, spent any time together. <laughs> it's been 25 years. <laughs> oh, Lord. They sent his ass off the boarding school. <laughs> So they're having hot chocolate and they talk about things. Yeah, what do they talk about? Uh, She wants him and Gwen to announce their engagement and get on with it, basically. Yeah. She's like, let's move this thing forward. It's It's been taking too long. I'm tired of waiting. Yeah. The end. And he's and he he's like, why are you trying to push me out of your arms and into another woman's arms, mother? Like, <laughs> very, it was weird. It's very culty. It's very <laughs> culty and Debbie. Ninety Day Fiance. If you're any fans out there, we just watched an episode earlier today, oh, and so it's really fresh Debbie. on the brain. Culty and Debbie. De- yeah, culty and Debbie. Oof. But anyway, this was a culty Debbie moment between Ethan and Ivy. Yeah. He's like, why are you trying to push me away? <laughs> and she, she flips out. She was like, every sacrifice I've ever made was for you. Even before you were born, I was making sacrifices for you. You have no clue. <laughs> and, yeah. You ruined my life. You have no clue. She didn't say that, but basically yeah, she that flips was, out. That was the subtext. <laughs> and Ethan just sits there like, oh, 
how do it's like i was not programmed to respond to this oh has that have you ever done that has that ever happened to you with one of your parents where you like say something sort of innocuous and then they like flip the fuck out and you're like this is some like underlying shit that i don't that actually has nothing to do with me i'm not gonna take it personally no not really no i don't really it has happened to me once or twice where i'll say like Something really innocuous. I'm not going to tell a story, but like I'll yeah. say something like really innocuous, like you know, a memory that I have or something, and it triggers a, it triggers quite the response, mm. you know, and it is very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. We uh, we uh, are pretty distant <laughs> in, my, in my family. Yeah. <laughs> Which is you know. Whatever. Yeah. Well, she's talking about all these sacrifices. And then Ethan's like, what sacrifices are you talking about, mother? But she talks around it. And then he kind of calms her down saying, like, of course I want to marry Gwen. And, you know, she's my first love and only love, kind of just like you and father. And I want to make sure we have a happy marriage just like you. Yeah, and father. What the fuck? He thinks that Ivy and Julian have a happy marriage. How? How? How no does one he thinks think that? No one thinks they have a happy marriage. How, How does, does he, he think, think that? that? Maybe because he's been out of the house his entire life. Like, he doesn't see them interact. Still. I I don't. The the interactions we've seen them have in with him in the room are tense. Yeah. At, at best. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mm. just don't know. And Ethan knows that Julian's kind of an asshole, too. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like, because they've talked about that. That's yeah. the, part of the reason that he and Sheridan are so close is because the rest of their family sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and that, including Julian. Yeah. Like, Sheridan has made no bones about it. Yeah. Her brother sucks. So that's all that happens at the Crane Mansion, right? Uh, yeah, that's it. We so did it. Should that's we... the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we got through everything we, we needed to talk about. So should we go over to the Lopez Fitzgerald home, Teresa? Uh, yeah. Quickly do Teresa. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. So, over in Teresa's bedroom, she's wearing the cutest hot pink robe with an I Dream of Jeannie slash Ariana Grande high pony mm-hmm. and laying on her bed fantasizing about Ethan. What else? What uh, else would she be doing? <laughs> what else? And Whitney comes in, pops that little fantasy bubble. Yeah. And then they have the same conversation they have been having for the last, uh, apparently months 67 on on this show they've been doing this for months according to the passions writers ethan is trouble for you you need to get over it the end yeah i'm not going to spend any more time recapping the conversation no they had the same conversation they always have yeah so then Teresa goes back to her fantasy yeah but then whitney's voice like interrupts it i'm kind of loving that Teresa's fantasies are being taken over by other characters yeah (laughs) like she's like out of control even in her own fantasy that's how out of control the situation is yeah yeah whitney's like burst in her bubble inside of her fantasy right yeah (laughs) well so again they have more of the same conversation yeah well i I think it is worth saying that Teresa um is defending the choice to return to work for ivy and saying you know i want to work in fashion she has lots of connections on top of which i'll be making a good salary so it makes sense for me to return it's not just about Ethan. In fact, it's not about Ethan at all. It's about the work. Yeah. Which is not true. We know it's not true. It's not true at all. Because Whitney's like, oh, are you going to start back putting 
pictures of him all over your walls again, blah, blah, blah. And Teresa's like, no, of course not. And as soon as Whitney leaves, what does Teresa do? She breaks out Harmony Weekly magazine or whatever yeah. the fuck <laughs> and cuts out a picture of Ethan. Immediately. It was like under her pillow. <laughs> like, like the door hadn't even closed. Whitney hadn't even left the room and she's already like... Like flipping through the pages looking for Ethan. Flipping through Harmony Lifestyle Digest or whatever. <laughs> and Crane, Crane, shit, I can't think of anything. I started talking and I couldn't come right. up with anything. What's the, I'm trying to think of publication. like a, a publication with like a k work sound. The Crane, Crane Gazette. Crane Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan Crane. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she cuts out that picture and she's about to like start back. In her old way, she's back on the juice. <laughs> she's back on the stuff, you know? And uh, she's about to tape up a picture on her mirror. And she's like, what am I doing? It's like, yeah, what are you what doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Put that Why away. Why are you doing this? Do- don't do this. Uh, Teresa's, Teresa's never going to change. No, she's not. No. But Pilar does return to the house. And so she and Teresa are kind of mirroring what is happening with Ethan and Ivy back at at the Crane Mansion, Teresa and her mom are now sitting in their kitchen having a, a little, like, conversation. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Pilar tells Teresa that returning to work for Ivy is not a good idea. It's a bad idea. Yeah. And Pilar starts to let some things slip. This woman is tired. She's carrying a lot of weight for a lot of different people. And she tells Teresa that getting involved with the Cranes is not a good idea because, um, like, it, the Cranes are a risk. Like, she, Yeah, she says people who get close to the Cranes often get hurt. Yeah. And Teresa's shocked to hear this. She says, you've never said anything bad about the Cranes. And Pilar's just saying, Pilar's like, I'm just saying what I know. I've been in that house for a long time, and I still won't utter a bad word against them. But people around them tend to get hurt. And Pilar flat out says to Teresa, I'm too tired to argue with you, Teresa. Like, Pilar is so disappointed in Teresa's choices. Because that's what I wrote. When she came home, she was just disappointed Mm -hmm. in Teresa, in Ivy. She's just so disappointed in these people. She doesn't have any fight left in her. She's been pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to get people to see reason. And she's like, you know what? If you're going to blow up your life... What can I do? I've done what I could. I've held, I have held it together for 20 years. Yeah. For 20 years, I've been keeping things at bay. All by myself. All by I myself. I everything for you. <laughs> yeah, right? That speech that Ivy gave should have been coming from Pilar. <laughs> yeah. I sacrificed my everything to you. My husband. My son. <laughs> my life. <laughs> keeping your secrets. <laughs> Trying to protect you because I love you. And this is how you repay me. You are. Yeah. <laughs> Pilar should go off. You know what, though? You know how on the, the Passions Bingo board, there's like Pilar is judgy or judgmental or whatever? Mm. I think this is probably what those people were talking about. I don't think she's being judgmental, but I think this is what whoever made that board is when Pilar does these types of things, like she goes back to Ivy to tell her, like, you're making a mistake. Uh huh. You know? I that, can see that, yeah. yeah. Because I don't think Pilar's judgmental. I don't think she's judgmental either. But um, I, I can, I can see where you're coming from. Like I, that, that, uh, yeah. It's like Pilar is trying. Basically, Pilar's trying to keep it together. People won't listen to her. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I think she wants, like she said, like she said 
in the episode herself. She just wants peace. Because yeah. Teresa says, please don't tell Louise that I'm working at the Crane Mansion. And Pilar says, I'm not going to tell him. I would like a peaceful home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a terrible idea, too. They decide to keep it from Luis. Yeah. Which they've been keeping it from Luis. Yeah. For, for again, based on what they are trying to tell us, months. But eventually it's going to come out. Eventually it is going to. Especially because Luis, at, in the summer, is like, it's you're old enough, you need to start working during the summer. You know, so what happens in a few months when it's summer again and he tries to find her a job, but she's already working for the Cranes? You know, it's going to come out. What happened during this entire summer? He tried to get her a job at the beginning of... It was the beginning of the summer, basically. And she has not had a job all summer, but now she's not at home ever. Right. She has had a job. She told him she had been out looking for jobs. Whatever. Because... I mean, she has been working for them for months. Right. According to the show. Oh, maybe Louise has just been so busy. I, yeah, you know. I mean, the whole family is busy. Yeah. All, the, all, all that the Lopez Fitzgeralds do is work yeah. and volunteer. Yeah. Actually, the whole town. Off. Grace is constantly working and volunteering. Eve has, like, she works at, like, five different hospitals. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, everyone is just working. Yeah. So. I feel lazy. Teresa goes to bed. Compared to these people, I feel so lazy. I feel so lazy. Jeez. Teresa goes to bed or whatever, and Louise comes in. Just as she exits the kitchen, Louise comes in hot. You know, mm. it's like, oh. Because he's had an encounter with Sheridan. So should we go to the youth center? Oh, yes, please. Yeah, let's talk about this. Let's go over to the youth center and let's see what happened to Louise over there. Yeah. So Louise finds Sheridan at the youth center where she's not supposed to be, right? Right. He comes in with his gun out and he sees her and he goes, what the blazes? What are you doing here? He literally said that. He said, what the blazes? What the blazes? He said, what the blazes? I wrote it down. We should bring that back. What the blazes? What in tarnation? No, we shouldn't. I'm going to. No. Yeah, you you go for it. Okay. Go for it. (laughs) What the blazes? Ugh. What the blazes is happening in here? Nah. <laughs> and uh, he comes in and Robert Horry, our NBA superstar, has hidden behind a chalkboard. chalkboard. He's a giant, but whatever. And Louise only sees Sheridan in there like doing like sit-ups on a mat. So she heard him coming. Right. And they kind of scrambled to, because she doesn't want him to know she's getting coached or whatever. Right. In basketball. So then Luis does something kind of surprising. I did not expect this. Yeah. Yeah, Luis catches Sheridan working out and starts putting things together. And he goes, you know, I think you're in here working out because you're trying to prove a point um, because I took advantage of your skill level when we played one-on-one. And I apologize. I shouldn't have done that. It was wrong of me. Uh, I'm really sorry. And I do believe that the girls should have a basketball team. It's not fair. And I fully believe that that's something that that should be available to them. So how about I teach you, we can work on your skill level, and then once you're comfortable, you can actually coach the girls' team. You know, I think that would be really great for you and for them. And we need to find a way to work together without being at each other's throats constantly. And maybe this is a good way to, to, to make that happen. Yeah. It was a very nice moment. Yeah. Good for Luis. He apologized. 
He basically said the girls can do anything the boys can do and are entitled to all the same services that the boys get. And he dropped the ball, basically. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was great. And then, and Sheridan is like, I'm surprised you're uh, apologizing to me. And they have like a nice moment for a little while. Yeah. And then Sheridan picks a fight. And I honestly don't even know where this fight came from. And okay. I don't know how she did this. When it first happened, I was like, oh, why is she picking a fight? And then I was like, she's picking a fight because she needs Luis to leave. So she, so he doesn't see Robert Horry there, right? right? And, but the fight she chose to pick, I guess she knew it was going to work. Because she goes, oh, well, I shouldn't have to be here anyway. Yeah, the 100 hours of beauty service. Oh, because he asked her, her, why are you working out here anyway? Don't you all have a private gym at home at the Crane Mansion? And she says... Oh, well, with my schedule here at the youth center, I, I have so much work to do here that I hardly have any time to go home. I was like, girl, it's 100 hours. Yeah. And then Luis is like, what do you mean all your all your hours here or whatever? Like, And he goes to check her like time card and she hadn't clocked out. Yeah. So then he suspects her of like padding her hours. Yeah. Basically like, oh, if you spend more time here doing whatever you want and working on your fitness and your body, somehow you think that that's going to count towards your community yeah. service? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, and she was like, well, I shouldn't have to do 100 hours anyway because I didn't do anything wrong. Remember? Yes. And I was like, girl, and, what? And he goes, what are you talking about? You, di- you do the crime, you do the time. He's like, you ran away. I had my siren on. You T-boned me and you ran from the scene of the crime. And she goes, I only ran because you were, we're chasing, chasing me. me. Oh, she said, I was, I was speeding. He says, you were speeding. You hit my car and then um, you tried to run away. And she was like, I was only speeding because you were chasing me. And he was like, I was chasing you because you were speeding. Yeah. <laughs> you moron. It was, it was wild. So I understand why Luis got so upset. Sheridan did, it was very stupid though, because Sheridan, she did pick that fight on purpose. Mm. Like, that's very clear to me. But she could have just told the truth. You know, yeah. she could have just told the truth. The, the stakes weren't that high in this. It's her pride. Sheridan is prideful. Yeah. She does, I, and she, I and I also don't totally understand exactly what she thinks she's going to do. Like, does she think she's going to get so good at basketball that then she's going to beat him in one-on-one and that's going to prove something? Yeah, because then, because then she, like, challenges him to another one-on-one game tomorrow. And Robert Horry, the NBA superstar, is, like, standing behind the <laughs> chalkboard, like, Shaking his head like, no, don't do that. And he, he's, he's like, said, cool it, Sheridan. Yeah, he goes, cool it, Sheridan. Don't Unders- do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Ah, oh, like, she did it. Oh, man, she did it. <laughs> and so once Luis leaves, uh, the NBA star comes out. He's like, why'd you do that? <laughs> he's like, what do you think we're going to do here? Yeah, he's like, it's been one night. Yeah. Well, and Ugh. Sheridan, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know so what her. Sure, I don't know what her goal was here either. Would Luis believe that she got so much better at basketball with no help at all? Like, does she think that that? Like, is she trying to hide the fact that she's getting help? I think in that's learning what it is. Basketball. I think that's what it is. Like, she wants to look competent, and so she thinks that if she can do it herself, 
or make it seem like she did it herself, that Luis will respect her more. But Lu- but that isn't going to work because there's no way she could do that on her own yeah. in such a short period of time. And Luis will find out that she lied about it and then will will not respect her even more because of the lie. Because of the lying. What yeah, is and she the de- doing? The deceit. The deceit, yeah. yeah. I don't know what she's doing. And, and if you remember, in like the last episode... When uh, Robert Ory came in to teach her, he was like, I don't think you should do one-on-one because you're not there yet, but you should do, like, horse or 21, 21. or something like that, yeah, you know, because your shooting is getting a lot better and you might stand a chance. So what does Sheridan do? Well, she irrationally has asked Louise to play one-on-one in the morning and then spends all night training, which is the most irresponsible thing I've ever She's heard. She's going to be so sore. Her arms are going to be like wet noodles. Yeah. She's going to be so sore and useless. Yeah. What the fuck is she doing? She doesn't know. She doesn't know anything. Sheridan, Sheridan doesn't know anything. Cool it, Sheridan. What the blazes? <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't Please do, don't do don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it. The, and it's so embarrassing. An NBA star is hiding behind a chalkboard and listening to this entire exchange. Yeah. Between her and Louise. Yeah. Ooh. So, so cringe. Yeah. So Louise storms on out and uh, heads home where he encounters Pilar. Yeah. He sees his mom in the kitchen. And immediately it's just, these cranes, blah, blah, blah. Those They're damn, the worst. everybody's favorite line is, those damn cranes. <laughs> so if recently, that's what they've been saying a lot. Have you noticed it? Those I damn have. cranes. I'm wondering if damn had, like, at this time recently been allowed on daytime TV. Maybe. If maybe that was, like, a new thing. Those damn cranes. Because incrementally swear words have been... Yeah, allowed more and more over time. And I'm wondering if in 1999 something passed and all of a sudden they were allowed to say the word damn. It's crazy the words that you can and can't say. Yeah. You can get like one shit, I think. You can say like shit and you can say bitch like as much as you want. You can say bitch as much as you want because insulting women is it's not fine. is not considered like it's crazy, a problem. But you can't say fuck. Yeah. Can't say. And, and they bleep out in God damn, they bleep out the God. Yeah. It's weird. I guess uh, that to my parents, that's like a super offensive thing. No, you know, I grew up and it was super offensive. And now I just don't give a fuck. And now we don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Ooh. God damn. God damn. <laughs> now we're just swearing. <laughs> So my dad like has been has like listened to some of the show and like literally the one thing he says is like y'all cuss a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like y'all funny, but you you y'all y'all do a lot of cussing. Oh no. <laughs> like, whatever, I learned it from him. Do we cuss that much? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't realize it because it's just so it's such a regular uh, especially thing. when we really get going. Like yeah. if we're really upset about something or if we really like yeah. Huh. Well, I don't care. It's fine. I'm not apologizing for it. <laughs> I, I said what I said. And I meant it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that one's for you, Dad. <laughs> All right. Moving uh, on. Let's stop being bad people. And let's keep talking about these bad people on passions. Yeah. So, what happens when Luis gets back to his house where his mother's in the kitchen who's already exasperated and sad and tired and just, like, over everything? Well, (laughs) he says some stuff about the cranes, and she also agrees with him. 
So remember, like, she kind of let it slip with Teresa. Well, she really lets it slip with Luis. Well, yeah. Because she tells him, maybe you're right about the cranes. Yeah. Maybe you're right about the cranes. And he says, what's that, mama? Did Mm -hmm. something happen? You've never let a bad word about the cranes slip through your lips. What's going on here? His detective senses are tingling. Mm -hmm. Well, I think he also got set off a little bit because... He came in and he was all like hot and angry. And she's like, you get upset the same way your father used to. You need to calm down. You are so much like him. And I think that upsets him because he's really got a chip in his shoulder because he thinks his father abandoned them. Yeah. Well, as far as we know, he did. Yeah. I just don't think that that's really what happened. Well, and he's, yeah, he's upset about that. And he's like, I'm nothing like him. And he abandoned us. And Pilar's like, he did not abandon us. He would never do something like that. Yeah. Again, Pilar's letting something out. Yeah. She's letting things go. She's tired. She's. She's just tired. She said that. She's tired. She's tired. Pilar's fucking tired. Why is she like the one thing keeping everything together? Like that was... The glue. Yeah. The glue glue. that keeps Harmony together. And they just keep putting water on her, diluting her so she can't hold it together. She's losing that tackiness. Yeah. She's she's losing her tack. (laughs) Her adhesive stick. (laughs) The the stick is gone. (laughs) What once was a post-it note is but a lump of paper, of wet paper, <laughs> disintegrating in the rain. <laughs> what? Uh, look, we've lost it. We've I love it. it. I loved that. What did you? Did you just make that up? That yes, was awesome. I did. It was not awesome. How dare you? <laughs> no, I really liked it. That was cool. I did just make it up. It wasn't cool and it wasn't awesome. I liked it, but that's that's all we need to talk about with Luis and Pilar. That's yes? it. Yeah, I think we just need to go to the flea market. To the nighttime flea market. Whoops. <laughs> that's what it is. She hates the nighttime flea market. I'm coming to. I'm coming to terms with it. <laughs> terms with it so uh we get to the flea market simone is having a flashback of her giving that jacket to chad and how much he liked it and she's just like so happy because she's like oh he's so cute and she's waiting on his receipt right Mm -hmm. meanwhile tc and sam and chad are having like an altercation about this jacket they're having i was gonna say they're having words but they're having more than words yeah tc jacks chad up at one point just like grabs him and yanks him toward him he kind of lunges at chad the way that lisa rinna Yes, lunged at. Don't you ever talk about my husband? (laughs) Was that Brandy that she went? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Brandy back in back in uh, I don't know 2017 Uh, or some shit. Where the fuck were they? Berlin? No. Um, it might have been Berlin. I don't remember. I don't remember where they were, but ooh, Lisa went off about Harry Hamlin. Y'all better leave that Harry Hamlin alone. Yeah. Well, Chad or TC went off about his jacket. Yes, he did. You better leave my jacket alone. Give me my jacket. Don't you ever talk bad about my jacket. (laughs) Broke a glass. He didn't break a glass. He had more restraint than Lisa Rinna did. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Well, he's a black man in America, so he knows he better be careful. Yeah, well... So they're having this altercation. Sam kind of gets between them and is like, listen, I'm the chief of police. Just take off the jacket. Like, you don't have a receipt, so we have no way of knowing. And Chad, the thing is, Chad's saying, I'm just standing here waiting on a receipt. Yeah. You know, like, he hasn't committed any crime. He didn't yeah. leave with the jacket. Yeah. He was standing there waiting. Yeah. I don't know why this got so tense so fast. They approached him. Yeah. He, yeah, he was just waiting. Standing there. 
Yeah, and he, it took him a while, but eventually he did explain, not only am I waiting for a receipt, I'm waiting for a receipt from the girl who sold me this coat for $5. Yeah. That finally was said, and TC didn't believe it. Yeah, He's he like, describes That's her. my daughter. She would never, I left it with her, and she had explicit instructions not to sell that coat. She was supposed to hang on to it, and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. Oh, my and gosh. Well, uh, Finally, Simone, it took her so long to come back. She went to the she refreshment table. She got like a pop and some like Twizzlers. And they are not, she just walked into the next room and they were making quite the commotion. It seemed like she would have heard her father yelling. Uh, maybe she didn't. She's like, I'm not going to get involved. <laughs> yeah. I know how my dad's temper is. Yeah, so she comes back with like two soda pops, all, you know, happy and stuff, and then sees the altercation happening and she's like oh no <laughs> she's very like worried yeah she doesn't want her future husband and her father to be to fight to, to be fight. fighting like yeah, this this is their first meeting other. yeah it sucks not good so tc comes over to talk to simone he's like sweetie honey baby you didn't sell this man my coat did you and she's like Actually, Daddy, we're raising money for charity. Well, not for charity, for the police department. And so I was doing my part. And he so and he looked and he looked so cold. And yeah. He didn't have any money because Tc's like, well, why'd you sell it to him for five dollars when right. it was marked for fifty? And she's like, well, he didn't have any money. And you've always told you and mommy have always told us that we should do for other people because we're so fortunate and blah blah blah. And Tc's like super proud of her. Yeah, it's like you've got a good heart, sweetie. He's super, he's buying, buying the whole thing. Oh yeah, hook, line, and sinker. And so, they clear it all up. It doesn't cross his mind that Simone has, you know, hearts, hearts for eyes at this point. No. Like, he doesn't see it. He's, Mm -hmm. he does not get that his little baby girl Mm -hmm. has got a thing for Chad. Got a thing going on. So, they clear it all up. And Chad leaves. He's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. He's, he's like, I'm not sticking around. Yeah. See what else comes my way. I'm he, leaving. He leaves. And Simone tries to follow after him really quickly. But TC grabs her and he's like, he stands her in front of Sam. And he's like, Sam, look at my daughter. She's <laughs> such a sweet, wonderful girl <laughs> with a great big heart. Yeah, can you believe how nice she was to that vagabond? You know? And she's like, okay, daddy, I gotta go. And she yeah. runs off after Chad, but Chad's gone. She's like, oh, I didn't even get his name. I didn't even get to ask him his name. It made me feel like when I was a kid, well, my parents still do this, but they'll like try and parade me out in front of people and be like, she sings. Sing for the people, Laura. Girl, like, did- no, I don't want to do this right now i told leave you leave me alone <laughs> i told you about that zoom call when i was home oh lord yes. y'all okay <laughs> yeah this was the one of the most horrifying mortifying moments of my life so i went to tennessee to visit my family and my grandma um was like it's like a big deal in chattanooga she like was a state legislator and she was a county commissioner and like a just an all-around community member, Grace Bennett type, if you will, Ah. you know. And uh, so she was getting this award from the, like, Bar Association in Tennessee. And I went, and they did it over Zoom, and so I went to her house to help her get set up on Zoom, right? So I'm just, like, sitting there on TikTok just in case she has any kind of... You're the tech assistant, Yeah, just in case she has any kind of, like, thing she needs, mute, unmute kind of thing, right? So I'm sitting there waiting. And one of the presenters was, like, late, I guess, and uh, they were, 
said, they were like, we're, we're just going to wait a few minutes. If he shows up, then we'll go on. If he doesn't, then we, you know, we're going to stop here or something like that. And one of the people jokingly was like, why don't we all sing God Bless America? And my grandmother <laughs> was like, oh, actually, my granddaughter's here from New York City. And she's a singer. She's an opera singer. She'd be happy to sing God Bless America for you. <laughs> Over Zoom, and then she turns the computer around <laughs> on me. <laughs> she lured you there and makes me sing "God Bless America." <laughs> and then you don't. My grandmother is not the kind of woman you say no to. Okay, mm. you don't say no to her. No. So I stood up and I sang the damn song. Yep. I pulled up the lyrics on my phone. <laughs> You're like, well, shit, I'm on the spot. I got to do. But <laughs> a, that's hilarious. B, she lured you there. She didn't actually need help. Tech assistance. She was like, she just wanted to show off her granddaughter. Girl, I don't my know. My granddaughter's in from New York. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that's how I feel like, you know, TC doing this to Simone in, like, in front of Sam Ugh. and kind of showing off I know. How, it's how so uncomfortable. my daughter is. It's exactly the same kind of shit with our family being like, show, show off how great she is. It's like, please no. Please no. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> No one, no one else is asked. Oh, can you take a look at my teeth? Yeah. Show, show off how great of a dentist you are. Yeah. Like, come on. I don't know. So Ugh. she runs. Simone runs after Chad, but he's gone. Right. Mm-hmm. At this time, Whitney is on her way into the thing, the nighttime flea, the market. nighttime flea market, and Chad, who is hauling ass out of there, yeah. bumps into her and knocks her down on the ground, and he's like, "Watch where you're going, man." And she's like, watch where I'm going. What about you? He sees her and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, helps her up or whatever. It's like, but you bumped, either, whether it was a man or a woman, you bumped into them and knocked them on the ground and your immediate reaction is watch where you're going. Yeah. Ugh. He helps her up and she's like, get the fuck out of here. But then as he walks away, she's like, that jacket looks oddly familiar. And it's that exact moment that I looked at you and I said, poor Simone. Poor Simone. Poor Simone. Poor Simone. Because you know... Chad's here for, Chad is here for Whitney. Yeah. And, you know, they set Simone up as the forgotten child. Right? Yeah. You know, she has basically been neglected all 68 episodes of this show so far. Yeah. And Whitney is like the glory child. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, yeah. So, yeah. Poor Simone. Poor Simone. And Simone's been making, saying little hints, like, I would never betray my family for a boy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, talking to Kay, I would never do what you do, Kay. Mm-hmm. And then, what is, so, uh, Whitney comes in after her altercation with uh, Chad, but while that's happening, TC and Sam are having a little conversation. What are they talking about? Yeah, they were. I think, uh, oh, they, Sam was like, you know, I think you've been playing too much tennis with Whitney, and you don't see what's going on with Simone. Yeah. Like, she's becoming a, a young lady. Like, she's she's going to have crushes on boys, and I don't know if you saw what was going on, but she liked that boy. She's making hard eyes at that boy. She didn't just sell him the jacket because he was cold. Sure, that's part of what she's telling you, but there's it goes a lot deeper than that, TC. Yeah. Open and, your eyes. And TC's like, no, I don't believe that. And and Sam's like, I've seen the signs with Kay. You just <laughs> he was like, You're really in for it, brother. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've seen it with Kay, and guess who's Kay's best friend is? Mm. Your daughter Simone. Ugh, God. <laughs> Get ready to ride this one out. Oh Lord, what a storm. Yeah. But yeah, so we already see that 
Simone's in for some real heartbreak here. Yeah. Yeah. And we also see it because Whitney's upset that when she got knocked down, her pants got torn. Like, they're kind of doing the Louise Sheridan thing. Oh, for sure. Where it's like, oh, these two are going to meet and they're going to hate each other. And the same thing that they did with Teresa and Ethan. Yeah. They're going to have a horrible introduction and then over time their relationship will evolve into... A blossoming love story. It's a tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. We did not pick the same tale key. Tale as old as time. Da, 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 da. True as it can be. Oh, tale as old as time. You know, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty, Beauty and, and the, the Beast. Beauty and the Butte. They're both beautiful. Yeah, none of them are beasts. None of them are beasts. Except Julian. But we're not telling yeah. his love story. No, not yet. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> well I mean he. I think he was in love with Ivy I, well I don't know because I haven't seen like anything about them but based on where they are now I have a hard time thinking they ever enjoyed each other's company true alright well that's everything yes y'all that's right. it so we're going to take a little break a little breaky poo but we will be back after this message after this massage massage <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> well, welcome back. You remember that? No, you don't. You've never seen I have seen... no I sounded like you'll be back. I don't know what You've it is. You've never seen Welcome Back Cotter. No. No, it's a TV show from I don't like know the it. 70s. Had John Travolta in it. John Travolta? John Travolta. That Scientologist? <laughs> yeah. That guy? That guy. He was in it. <laughs> he said, Up your nose with a rubber hose. Up your nose with a rubber hose? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, no, just like... Like snorting coke or something? Screw you, teach. Oh. It's it like a, they were like in school. I, you're not making me want to watch <laughs> this show. You're not selling it well. It's not worth watching, really. It's it doesn't just sound old, like it. It's just an old sitcom <laughs> that I used to watch when I was a kid. Welcome back, Cotter? Mm-hmm. Where was he come back from? I don't know. He came back to teach. Oh, he was the teacher? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. But not, John Travolta was one of the kids. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I thought you would have assumed that since it's the 70s and John Travolta was, like, young. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? We're not talking about that. We're talking about passion. Yeah. Episode 68. Yeah. Episode 68. I'm pretty sure. Almost 100% sure. My notes are dramatically shorter than usual. Yeah. My, yeah. Look at mine. Mine are just, like, pretty thin. Yeah. There's hardly anything there. Oh, you got some thick notes looking there. You got some some girthy notes. Oh, you know I like a girthy note. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) let's get into this. The episode opens at the hospital where Teresa is standing in the doorway of Charity's room. It's the next day, Mm. day seven. Day seven arrived quickly. (laughs) Day seven, month five. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> it's day seven, month five, um, and Teresa's standing in Charity's doorway, looking at her. And then Miguel shows up and he's like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" And she's like, "Oh, I just came to check on Charity, and it's sweet, whatever." Yeah, I wanted to see how things are going with you and all this. Okay, so I'm sorry. I know we have to stop talking about like time and space and harmony, but I have to address this. Yeah, Miguel and Teresa live together. Mm-hmm. They're siblings. Now, this show we know is day seven, and they're trying to tell us that it's month four or five, that it's been going on. Surely, Teresa and Miguel, in the span of five, four, three months, have seen each other. And spoken to school, each other. At school, at the house, that they share together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they must, surely they must have spoken. 
And I know for the sake of the show, they have to recap and introduce characters and characters have to explain like things that have happened to them to somebody else and all of that. But it's preposterous that what? Miguel and Teresa don't know what's going on in each other's lives. It is ridiculous. And they oh, they really only set this scene up like this so that Teresa could tell Miguel what's going on so that Miguel could be like, no, Teresa, you shouldn't go back into that mansion. Right. Like, so that they could show every person in her life is telling her this is the wrong thing to do. Yeah. But they should have done that somewhere else. Yeah. Because this, doing it, doing it at the hospital p- makes it seem like they haven't seen each other in months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, had she caught up with him at the fair last night, the festival or something like that, mm-hmm. What? where were they? Not the fair. The evening nighttime flea, flea market. market. <laughs> the nighttime flea. Uh, <laughs> you know, it would have made a little bit more sense. They bumped into each other and she told him what just happened to her, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And she asked about charity, but this makes it seem like she's, they haven't seen each other in a really long time Mm -hmm. and they don't see each other outside of these types of interactions. I don't know. It was, it was just weird. It just didn't work for me. It was very strange. Didn't work for me. We are going to have to stop giving, we are going to have to give up on the time and space bullshit, but not yet. I'm not ready to let it go. Not ready to let it go. I'm going to cling to it with every ounce in my Mm -hmm. being. So they talk and Miguel catches Teresa up about Charity's memory loss and about how she was afraid of him. And Teresa's like, why? You know, and he's like, I don't know. (laughs) Well, Teresa made a good point because Teresa's no dum-dum. She's like, if she saw your face and didn't recognize you and she only was scared of you and screamed when she heard your name, that doesn't make sense. Like, surely she would be afraid of you, the person, but she's not afraid of you, the person. She's afraid of the name associated with you. Yeah. What gives? You know, so Teresa is already miles ahead of everybody else, and she's known about this for two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> she makes a great point. Yeah. She's so smart. I love her. Yeah. She Well, she's, she makes some difficult choices. Yeah. <laughs> she's so smart, but she also makes such dumb decisions. Yeah. Um. For herself. She's one of those people that can give you the advice but can't take it. Mm-hmm. So they continue talking. And she tells Miguel about her new job. She's going back to work at the Crane Mansion. He's like, no, Teresa, stay away. He <laughs> says, stay away. Stay away from Ethan. <laughs> stay away from the Crane Mansion. You don't like the Cranes. You don't like Ethan. You- In fact... You're afraid of Ethan Crane. You hate the cranes. <laughs> Those damn cranes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he's like, he and he says some good things to her. He's like, don't go back in there. You're just going to end up heartbroken. When he rejects you, you're going to be shattered, basically. Mm-hmm. He's like, just look at what happened to me with charity and when she woke up and was afraid of me like it broke my heart i can't imagine what it's going to be like for you after being in the crane mansion for months and months or however long you're there and then ethan rejects you yeah that's going to be a crushing experience why would you put yourself through it and she says have you been talking to whitney did Whitney tell you to say this? He's like, no. Nope. He's like, why? Did she say the same thing? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, and mama too. He's like, exactly. <laughs> it's like all of the people in your life who you love and respect and trust are telling you to stay away. Stay, stay away. away. Stay, stay 
away from the craze. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> they take some flowers into Charity's room mm-hmm. and then Eve comes in, right? Yeah, she comes in to do a checkup. Yeah. I don't know why I said it that way. A checkup. Yeah. I think we should take a moment to acknowledge that the sound has changed. Yeah, so we're on these mics now because our new neighbors are, you know, having another party or something. They, they're making a lot of noise. I don't think that's a party necessarily. No, it's just loud. The music is loud, so we like to say it's club passions. I like to call it a party. Yeah. Nobody has parties anymore. No, you can't. You can't safely have a party. Yeah. I miss parties. I want to go to a party. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> All right. Such a longing sigh. So let's get back to it. Yeah. Eve has shown up to investigate Charity. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Because actually, remember, um, Miguel called Eve while they were while she was at home. We'll go there soon because there's all kinds of information there. Yeah. Eve shows up to examine Charity and uh, she asked Charity, what do you remember anything? What do you remember? And Charity's like, I remember nothing. (laughs) she can't remember anything she says you know i don't know who miguel is and i can't tell you why but he scares me i just know that he scares me yeah and miguel is in the hallway but he can he's kind of like eavesdropping he wants to know what's going going on and so he hears this and it's crushed he's devastated yeah i feel bad for miguel yeah I feel really bad for Miguel. This is some bullshit. Ugh, this is so stupid. I I know I know it's stupid, but I like it. It's such a dumb obstacle to have to overcome, but I don't <laughs> really mind is. it. You know, I just my problem, my only problem with it is that I know it's going to go on for too long. But here's the thing: the kids finally have an actual problem. For sixty episodes we watched the kids not have a real problem we just watched Kay unravel and (laughs) you know what I mean yeah we watched her and her sister fight just because Kay sucks and we watched you know Reese have a crush on Kay even though she sucks yeah you know we just we didn't really see anything other than Kay being a psychopath yeah so finally we have a real obstacle and I think is it ridiculous yes but I'm so pleased that we finally have something something, something yeah. in the way, something for the kids to actually deal with other than K. K. K is her own worst enemy. She is doing it to herself. So K's there with Miguel because she skipped out on school. Miguel has permission to be there, but K doesn't. Right. She's there and she's elated to hear that Miguel is persona non grata to charity you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. that she's terrified of him you know that her plan has worked Mm -hmm. you know she pretends obviously that she's sad and feels bad for miguel and gives him a hug and bullshit and he's like you're a good friend Kay. my good old buddy old pal charity couldn't have a better cousin and i couldn't have a better friend Ugh. and Kay is like you know what i think you need a breath of fresh air miguel why don't you and i get out of here let's go on a walk together like she's doing everything she can to pull him away from charity's side she's so horrible i hate Kay. what does she say at the end in her head that we both were like ugh. I didn't write it down. Eve comes out. Oh, no, I did write it down. Good, good, because I didn't write it down. So, oh, so after Kay suggests going on a walk and Miguel turns her down, Mm -hmm. then she looks at him and says, you know, I know that you're really struggling with what's going on with charity, but maybe you should keep your distance because she's so scared. We don't want to, like, rile her up or cause any more problems. 
She's so manipulative. And then Eve comes out and tells them, you know, I don't know why, but she's not remembering anything. It's going to be a a challenging time for all of us. Um, Maybe these memories will one time come flooding in one after the other. You know, she'll remember the fire. She'll remember her mother. She'll remember Miguel. But right now she doesn't remember anything. And Kay says, well, I hope she never. Well, in her head. In her head. She says, I hope she never remembers her mother then. Ugh. Because if she starts to remember her mother, then she might remember Miguel. Ugh. That's Kay's the most evil thing I've ever heard. I hope she permanently forgets her forgets mother. about her own mother. Kay's horrible. But you know what I thought when she when um, Eve said that about her mother, I was like, they should just ring in Grace and try to like trigger her memory. I know it might be a little bit It'd rough for her, extremely traumatic, but it maybe Grace will help her if she sees Grace. However. Towards the end of this, we did hear her screaming right after, right after Kay has that thought, I hope she never remembers her mother. We hear Charity in her room going, where's my mom? I want my mom. Where's yeah. my mom? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it'll get to a point where they're just going to have to bring Grace in just to see Eventually what happens, they will. you know? Eventually they will. Eventually they will. But I understand, and it seems reasonable why right now they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So Absolutely. let's, should we go to the Russell home? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And talk about what happened there this morning before Eve went to work. Yeah. Why don't you tell us what's going on? So over at the Russell home, Kay is in the living room with Simone and she goes, where's your sister? Is Whitney here? And Simone's like, no, she went to tennis practice. She's not here. And Kay's like, good, because I couldn't tell you this if she was around. And <laughs> Kay tells her, my plan is working. My tape, my stupid tape plan is working. And Simone does not care. She goes, I have news. I met a cute boy. Yeah, she's like, actually, my news is way bigger. <laughs> I, I actually talked to him. I talked to Chad. Well, she didn't know his name. I talked to the guy, the cute guy or whatever. And of course, Kay tries to take credit. She's like, oh, so you listened to my advice and you went up and talked to him? You got guts, girl. Yeah, you got some gumption. Kay, you left her. What do you mean? Oh, you're glad she took your advice. Kay's the worst. And then she asks Simone, like, oh, what did it feel like? And so then Simone starts to, like, describe what it felt like when she saw Chad. And she's like, it's like tingles in my toes. Then it moved up to my knees. And then it it was like something fell into my stomach. And it leapfrogged into my chest. And It was like a rainbow going right through me. Yeah. That's what she said. You remember that song by Kobe Calais, Bubbly? It starts in my toes, oh, makes yeah, me wrinkle yeah. my nose, wherever it goes, I always know. That's what it made me think of when she was said. It was like, it started in my toes. I was like, this is where Kobe Calais got her lyrics oh, from. I think she's a fan of passion. Probably. Who isn't? <laughs> who isn't? So, you know, Simone's gushing about Chad, even though she doesn't know his name. But And again, Kay hijacks the conversation mm-hmm. and makes it about herself. She yes, says, she well... Now you know what it's like to be in love. And now you kind of understand how I feel about Miguel. I love him so much that I would do anything to anyone. I wouldn't even care about my family. I would give it all up for Miguel. And Simone's like, well, not my family. Yeah. And and Kay goes, you'll see. Ugh. Hey. I'm already upset. Ugh. Because I'm already upset. They're doing some shit to Simone and it's some bullshit. And you know what? I've officially decided to be on Simone's side. Oh, 
Quite a statement. Yeah, I think I'm just going to be on Simone's side, just based on the backstory here. Mm. I'm going to stick with Simone for as long as I can. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like she's going to pull some shit. I know she is, but I'm going to stick with her for a while. We'll see uh, how long she can stand her ground before she uh, falls into Kay's clutches and they come up with some cockamamie scheme together. But yeah, right now, look. I really like Simone. I think this is really sweet. I think it's adorable. And I feel in the pit of my stomach like she is being set up for just absolute heartbreak. Because I am sure. I am sure. I've never seen this show before in my life. But I am positive Chad and Whitney are going to end up together. I'm positive. And, you know, they've all, again, I said this before, but they've already set Simone up to be like the afterthought the second place yeah they really have she's not gonna get this yeah they're not gonna give her this i'll be shocked if she if she ends up with uh they're not gonna with the boy she likes (sighs) i identify with simone me too heavily (laughs) oh me too absolutely i get it i get it anyway except for the part where Kay slapped her and she didn't slap the shit out of her i don't identify there i would have i would have actually injured them yeah you know same and unintentional well maybe intentionally on purpose but like one one slap from me is not the same as a slap from k right Mm, well if you slap me you're gonna get it yeah so let's go to the kitchen yep in the kitchen at the russell house what's going on eva's making breakfast for the family and tc comes in and he starts kind of joshing her a little bit asking about that brown leather jacket and he lays it on thick oh honey have you seen that jacket of mine? It was my favorite jacket back in the day. It fits like a dream. And she's like, aren't the sleeves too short? And he's like, eh, I could, you know, have them add an inch, do a little something with the cuff. Man, I love that jacket. So many fond memories. And he was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, he's like, I was thinking about taking it out again and start wearing it more regularly. And She's like, why do you even want to wear it? He's like, well, you know, there will never be a brown leather jacket like that brown leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. And then he finally, you know, gives gives the, up the jig. The jig is up. What the, am I trying to say? The jig is up. <laughs> he gives say. up the goods. He gives up the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't give up the goods. And then, then TC gives up the ghost. <laughs> And then, T- and then the TC cup. died. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Oh, so, so then he lets her in on, like, I'm just fucking with you, you know. I'm just fucking with you, honey. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Eve. <laughs> and uh, then he tells her about the boy that Simone sold the jacket to. And Simone, I mean, and Eve is like, what boy? Describe him to me. Did he look like a street rat? <laughs> <laughs> Riff rat. Street rat. I don't buy that. If only they'd look closer. Would they see a poor boy? No siree. Gotta Aww. eat to live. Gotta steal to eat. Otherwise we'd get along. Chad is like Aladdin, kind of. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh. He is. He just needs a fez. Chad Ladden. He just needs a little. <laughs> Chad Ladden. <laughs> Chad Ladden. Chad Ladden. <laughs> I'm a 
little loopy. Are you? I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's funny. All right. It doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. <laughs> so Eve is like, describe him to me. And who was this boy? And so she realizes it's the boy she told Simone to stay away from. So then Simone and Kay come into the kitchen. And she's like, Simone, a word, please. And Kay, Kay's like, uh-oh, somebody's in trouble. It's like, that's the same tone my mom gets with me when I'm in trouble. And mm. Simone's like, yes, mommy. Yes, yes, mother. mother. <laughs> yes, mommy. Mommy. And so uh, Eve's like, Simone, you deliberately disobeyed me. Just going to stick with the Disney theme? <laughs> yeah. Because I know that Mufasa says that to Simba. You deliberately disobeyed me. You deliberately me. disobeyed me. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you caught it. Yeah. I was thinking it in my head, too. If you didn't say it, I was going to. <laughs> yeah. Eve was like, you, dis- you disobeyed me. I told you to stay away from that kid. And Simone was like... Well, he was cold, and uh, and he needed a jacket, and I just, you and Daddy have taught us to try to help people who are less fortunate than us, and TC standing behind Eve, like, giving, giving Simone, like, good, all right, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep with that. Thumbs up, yeah, keep, okay, good for you, and also when to be like, nope, cut it out, stop talking, yeah. like, he and was, he was, it was funny. He's like, that's good, behind, like, behind Eve, that's, it was, it was so funny. And then Eve was like, well, I don't want you around him. He looks like a street kid. Again with the street kid. Yeah. Again with the street kid. First of all, it's the writing that I take most of the issue with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A street kid. Yeah. Okay. And okay. an urchin. Right. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> but then Simone says, well, mommy, you always told us not to prejudge people. And we don't, you don't even know him. And, and, um. Eve's like, you don't even know him. At this point, I started to really question what's going on. uh, Because basically, Eve says her piece, and the girls leave, and TC and Eve talk about it. And I was like, why does Eve have this much like prejudice against the boy that she supposedly doesn't know does she know more about chad than she is supposed to or did something happen to her in her past and she's worried that now it's going to happen to her daughter like there's i just feel like eve is a piece in this puzzle that i don't understand yet because her reaction is so strong over something that doesn't seem reasonable yeah it does seem very unreasonable i of course i'm not going to tell you right but um am i picking up on something I'm you supposed are definitely to? picking up on something you're supposed okay. to pick up on okay they i i also feel like they haven't i guess i got a little i'm a little bit frustrated with eve because play it cool girl like she's you, not subtle. Yeah, play it cool. And you look you look like a snob and an asshole. She looks like Ivy Crane yeah, right now. Yeah, they call him a street kid, and I don't want him around my kids. You don't even know him. Yeah. You know, I don't know. If she doesn't know him, if she truly knows nothing about his background, then her reaction is unwarranted. Yeah. Right? Like, she's, yeah. She, yeah. she may be a good doctor, but she's not a good actress. <laughs> well, well, okay. Eve. Well, Eve. No, the, not the, the, actress, the actual actress. actor is great. She's not a great liar. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. No, the actual actor is great, but, like, Eve in this moment is not selling what she, yeah. the fact that she's trying to be cool and calm and collected. It's not coming across that way. But, I mean, Eve does keep some secrets. We know that much about her. I can't we wait. We know that much about I her. I can't wait to get into her secrets. So many. So... Yeah, um, the girls leave, and Eve and TC are talking about it. And TC says, weren't you a little hard on Simone? Mm -hmm. You know, don't you think that you don't know this? Like like she said, you don't know this boy. And, you know, give give her a break. And then Eve does. She gets into, well, 
you know, I want to protect my kids. They're vulnerable. Things can happen. And I'm just protecting my kids, you mm-hmm. know. So, hmm, okay. And I, I couldn't tell if it's like I'm protecting my kids or, I mean, it was definitely I'm protecting my children. But was it also I'm protecting my children because they're girls and things happen to young girls. Like, I wasn't quite sure where she was going. I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think that I definitely think that's part of it. Yeah. yeah. So the girls, oh, the girls come back downstairs. They went up to get like a book. Yeah. Like and then the girls come back downstairs and TC lets them know that they're going to be having PE at the youth center today because there's like work going on at the school in the gym. Yeah. They're renovating the gym. So we're doing PE at the youth center. Yeah. Also ridiculous. I love it. Look, don't get me wrong. I love it. But what a ridiculous premise. Cool. <laughs> cool. Works for me. Works for me. So, yeah, it, it, what a ridiculous way to get people in the same room together. Right. Because that's all this was. Right. Anyway, Kay is like, oh, I got to go to the hospital because Eve gets that phone call from Miguel. Yeah. So, as everyone's getting ready to start, you know, finish breakfast and leave and go start their day at their perspective places uh that's when miguel calls eve so eve goes to the hospital tc goes to the youth center to teach the girls are supposed to go to school but Kay is like i'm gonna go to the hospital and see what's going on with miguel she tells simone to cover for her in pe because tc kind of gives her a talking to because he was like oh no you don't because she said i gotta get to the hospital and he heard it and he was like oh no you don't miguel has an excuse to stay out of school but you don't so get your ass to school basically mm-hmm yeah so where should we go now the harbor yes yeah 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 so our friend chad harris um has no money and nowhere to go and so this poor kid like sleeps in a doorway you know he's thank goodness for that jacket yeah honestly yeah. he would he would be hypothermic probably yeah down on the harbor he yeah. was on the water too yeah like, right with the wind so he's asleep um, in a door frame. Oh, poor kid. I'm just, I mean, he's like a high schooler. Yeah, he's a child. Ugh, he's so a sad. child, and he's asleep sitting there, mm-hmm. minding his own goddamn business. And then Luis Lopez Fitzgerald saunters his ass over to Chad, and he tries to wake him up. And at first, it's slightly gentle. He's like, hey, man, you can't sleep here. Wake yeah. up. You can't sleep here. Also, he is not in his police officer's uniform. He is in plain clothes. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, man, you can't sleep here. Chad's asleep. And he kind of touches him, and Chad doesn't get up, doesn't wake up. And then... Luis goes from zero to 60. He grabs Chad by the shirt, yanks him up off the ground. Can you imagine being woken up like that? Yeah. Yeah. This was the meeting that I was afraid of happening at the flea market. I was real. I was when Chad met Miguel first. I was like, there couldn't have been a better first person. Yeah. Because if it had been Louise, I was a Louise. <laughs> Sing out Louise. Because if it had been Luis, I was afraid that this would happen. Yeah. Because if you are awoken in such a jarring manner, the first thing you're going to do is start swinging. If it was me and I was asleep in my own bed. Mm-hmm. and so I, Oh, oh I especially would, if I'm asleep in my own me? bed. I, the lamp would be in my hand and I'd be like using it as a cudgel to smash whoever woke me up that I'm day. I'm just nakedly flailing about, <laughs> kicking and screaming. 
Yeah, oh. so Chad understandably responds he punches in kind. Louise. In yeah. kind. He punches Louise, which made 100% sense to me. Of yes. course he punches him. Of yeah. course he does. Louise jacked him up. Police brutality, it was, anyone? That's what, literally what I wrote. That is what I that's wrote. That's what I wrote, too. And, and he's not in his uniform. That's the other thing. This is just a random person yeah. beating you up. So Chad punches him, and then Luis punches him back. And so oh. then they're having, like, a tussle. And then Luis arrests Chad because he's like, you you assaulted an, a police officer. And Chad's like, I didn't know you were a fucking cop. Like, as far as I'm concerned, you're just some guy trying to steal from me. I yeah. don't know who you are, yeah. you know? He's like, and where I come from, when people if people bother you on the street and you're asleep like that, like, they're... They're either trying to rob you or kill you. Mm-hmm. And so I had to react. So Louise, like, puts him in handcuffs, do, does the whole thing, and it really frustrated me. Me too. It really, really made me very angry, especially in, like, the current climate. It just, mm. like, made me so sick. Yeah. I don't know. I just, that fucking exchange was so unnecessary. It was so utterly unnecessary. Well, and here's the thing. If it's happening in a fictitious, in a fictional television series... It's so prevalent and so believable for a reason because it's happening in real life. Oh, I hate it. But here's the thing with Luis. He's really volatile. One minute he's so sensitive and kind Mm -hmm. and sweet to anyone, to his sister, to his mother, to Sheridan. And then the next minute he turns around and he's swinging on a child. Yeah. Like it's – or arguing with someone or saying mean things about people. Like he's really – he vacillates between extremes. We and we see that swing in this scene. Right. Where he's like fighting with Chad and yelling at him about like hitting him and hitting a police officer and I don't know who, I don't know you and what are you doing here and all of this bullshit. And then Chad kind of tells Luis, you know, where I'm from and I'm basically that he is a street kid, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And Luis is like, you know, Here's, tries to give him some money and help him out a little bit. And Chad, of course, is like, I'm not taking money from you. Yeah. <laughs> like, the last thing I need is from you to accuse me of stealing your fucking money yeah. and giving you a reason to put me in jail. Well, and he's like, I don't need no handout, man. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, whatever. So then Luis tells him about the youth center. And he's like, if you want to come by the youth center, you can get coffee, donuts, orange juice. And Chad's like, cop food (laughs) but let's also Luis didn't say it to him Luis yelled at him he's like you can get coffee donuts orange juice and Chad's like cop food (laughs) it's like Luis is like trying he like calms down is finally reasonable but he does he does invite Chad to the youth center by yelling at him yeah so Chad's like nah man I'm not doing that I you know if you're there, I don't need to be yeah, there. I'll you figure know. it the fuck out, but yeah. I don't want to be anywhere near you. But of course, eventually, Chad does go to the youth center. Which is where we should go next. Which is exactly where we are going next. Because it's the last place in Harmony for us to visit, I believe. Oh, no, we got to go to the Crane Canyon. We'll, we'll end on the, the Crane Canyon. <laughs> well, I, I have Crane Cottage written, <laughs> but I'm so used to saying Crane Mansion. <laughs> we'll go to the, we got to go to the Crane Cranchin. Cottage at some point. No, it's the Cranchin. The Cranchin. <laughs> oh, no, it is the cottage. I forgot. There's a cottage. We have to go to the cottage and the mansion. What the fuck happened in the mansion? Ethan I don't even think Teresa. Oh, shit. I took no notes about it. <laughs> Sorry, I, I took zero notes <laughs> about Ethan and Teresa. Oh, well, we have to go to the youth center first. Okay, let's go to the youth center. <laughs> 
So at the youth center, uh, TC is teaching his PE classes. Mm-hmm. Luis has shown up because he's working there. What else is going on? Sheridan and he are going to have their little face off with the basketball. And Chad, even though he said he isn't going to go there, is going to go there, right? Yeah. All right. So what happens? So when we first get to the youth center, the kids are finishing up their PE class with TC. And TC says, good work, guys. Go back to school. (laughs) Get cleaned up and go back to school. And then he walks up to Simone. He says, Simone, first of all, you're... You usually go all in in PE class. What well, your brain is somewhere else today. What's going on with you? You know, and she was like, "Oh no, Daddy, I'm just tired from working the nighttime flea market last night." You know, and um, he's like, oh, "Okay, where's Kay?" And she's like, "Oh, she decided to take swimming today." Really? That's how it works? Is that how PE works? You just Optional. choose whatever day, whatever whim you have. You just do whatever they. They have a bunch of different things you can do. Swimming, regular PE, lacrosse. Well, especially if PE is occurring in a different building, like on, like off campus. You know what I mean? You yeah. would think that they would keep better track of their students. It makes no sense because surely not everybody has PE all at the same time. So right. it's not like, well, one group of us is going to the gym and one group of us is going to be swimming and one group of us is going to be on the field. It's like you have a PE class of maybe 30 kids and y'all all do the same thing together. Right. We would occasionally have the option of like going in the weight room or like playing volleyball in the in the gym right next to it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like the teacher would walk in and out of both. Right. You know, I, it wasn't like on a separate facility. Yeah, and in my PE class, we literally just did the same things. I honestly would like not dress out on days when we had to like do stuff mm. because and this is very bad. Because I had, like, calculated that with just, like, the health half of my class and, like, a couple of days of dressing out, I would still get a C, and I was okay with that. And I was like, I'm not do- I'm not running these miles. Um, What are we talking about? Youth Center, TC, everybody's gone. Every- TC sends everybody away. TC leaves. And then Chad comes in, and Louis sees him, and he's like, oh, you decided to come down here, huh? And Chad's like, yeah, I thought I'd check it out. Like, of course you did. You, yeah. where, where else were you going to go? And so they kind of shake hands, and um, Luis directs him to the showers. He's like, the kitchen's that way. There's the showers over here if you want to get a shower. And, you know, make yourself at home. <sighs> Luis has a good heart. He's it's a conundrum. So, but he is a conundrum. It's so weird. It's so strange where he's like the head of the youth center, and he started his morning off by beating up a youth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand it. Like, a youth is very clearly in need. Oh, yeah. Like, I a don't, homeless I, youth. I don't understand. He beat the shit out of a homeless youth. <laughs> it's ridiculous. What the fuck, Louise? So, so ridiculous. You know what? He was just amped up because he knew that he was going to have to play that game with Sheridan, and he was, like, bl- trying to blow off steam, and that was his excuse. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. That's got to be. And it's not. I'm not saying that's an excuse, but that's probably what he was Part of it. feeling. Yeah. And, you know, it has come up now that Chad is, like, everybody, they're the same age as the kids. You know, they've made that very clear. Yeah, they've made it clear that he is, like, a high school-age kid, but he, it doesn't seem like he's finished school. He dropped out. Yeah. He he said that. So, Simone sees Chad punching a punching bag, right? Mm -hmm. He's, like, punching his little punching bag, and she very awkwardly tries to talk to him. She's like, hey. Oh. Hi. And he kind of looks at her, he's like, oh, hey. 
And he doesn't stop punching the punching bag. Like, yeah. he's not interested in her. Yeah. He's not interested in her. Simone. He's very clearly not interested. And she, you know, just wants to talk to him. And, you know, I get it, though. He's not interested yet. He might be. Y'all don't know each other yet. So I get Simone, you know, trying her luck. and pre- mm-hmm. Unlike Kay. Unlike Kay, because Miguel and Kay have known each other their entire lives, and that man has never been interested in her. Mm. But Simone, that man hasn't had a chance to get to know Simone yet. He doesn't know he loves her yet. Yeah. He might love her. He That's doesn't right. know. you got to give her a chance. You, you've got to give him the opportunity to get to know you. Yeah, so she's trying to get in there, right? And But she's very awkward. She has no clue how to talk to him. It's and, very uncomfortable. Extremely. Let's just say it doesn't go well. Yeah, she's like, hi, I'm Simone. My dad's the PE teacher. My mom's a doctor. <laughs> I know. And Chad's like, that's nice. I yeah. don't have parents. Yeah, he's like, must be nice. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh. And then he's like, all right, well, see you later. And he goes to leave and she follows him. And she's like, oh, you're leaving already? Uh, wait, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, I thought maybe I would be able to find some something about my family in this town. But I don't I think this is a dead end. And she's like. Well, I can help you. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something here. Let me help you find your family. He's like, why would you do that for me? Yeah. And I was like, look at you. Look at you. Of course she would do that for you. You said, of course she would. Look at your teeth. <laughs> That's what you said. You didn't say look at you. You said, look at your teeth. <laughs> He's got nice teeth. I haven't noticed. <laughs> He's got nice teeth. Oh. Yeah. But I love that uh, Simone's going to try and help him figure out whatever this connection is between Harmony and his family. Oh, yes, yeah, she's going to oh, help. Oh, boy. Simone's definitely going to help. All right, let's go to the crane cranching. Over at the crane cottage. The mottage. <laughs> Ethan brings Sheridan breakfast in bed. Like a husband on an anniversary <laughs> morning. He brings her breakfast The real in love bed. story is Ethan and Sheridan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but they, but it can never be. It could never a be. A forbidden love. Oh, what's that in Arrested, Deve- uh, in Arrested Development? Cousine Dangerous uh, yeah, or whatever. Like dangerous cousins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So he brings her the breakfast in bed and he's like, I brought you this because I know you had a long night. The maids can't keep any secret. They know everything. You came back home at 4 a.m. You were out all night. What were you up to? Do I even want to ask? Yeah. And so then she tells him about her basketball lessons. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what the fuck are you taking basketball lessons for? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, because I got to beat Luis Lopez Fitzgerald at his own game. And I actually kind of liked this because Ethan said, Ethan then catches Sheridan up on everything with Teresa and the stalking and all this. And he he looks at her dead in the eye and he says, you know, Sheridan, as much as this is hard to admit i was wrong about Teresa, and maybe we are wrong about luis maybe you are Ethan. maybe we're wrong about luis sheridan just kind of snorts she's like no i'm not wrong about luis yeah no they're like half wrong about luis because he does hate them <laughs> he does hate them he uh i, I just, well, he wants to hate i can't them. figure out luis Luis wants Luis, to hate you them. know what? Luis is like Darth Vader before he becomes Darth Vader. It's like, you are capable of great things. And the question is, are you going to go to the dark side or are you going to go to the light side? Because oh. he like, I know he's going to go to the light side. But honestly, Luis has done some fucked up stuff. 
He followed Sheridan. He assaulted her at that party. Like, that whole scene, like, was so uncomfortable for me. He just beat up a child. Yeah. You know, like, he's everywhere he goes, he's walking in gun first. Like, he, yeah, does, he does some true. really fucked up stuff. That's true. But then, on the other side, he turns around and he gives impassioned speeches about, like, civil rights and about Im- be- living in poverty and about doing the right thing and being there for his family. And then he gives pep talks to Teresa and to his mother. Like, he... He's he, a complicated character. He, they yeah. wrote a complicated complicated character they wrote a complicated character he's complicated there. yeah like all of us man like so all of us. yeah so maybe they're wrong about louise maybe they're wrong about louise so sheridan's gonna head over to the youth center they don't do they talk anymore about this that's the most important thing yeah that's that he it. says they're maybe they're wrong about him mm-hmm. so sheridan's like headed to play basketball with louise and ethan goes into the mansion part of the mansion and what happens with Teresa? What's this? Because I didn't write okay. any notes about this. So this is, um, Teresa is worried. She's got like a note in her hand and she almost looks like she's in tears. Oh, yeah. And Ethan walks in and goes, Teresa, what's wrong? Are you okay? And she's like, your mom is giving a big dinner party. Because remember, uh, the, the Bennetts and the Russells are going to come over for dinner. And Teresa has the task of choosing the china and the napkins and the table setting and the flowers and basically setting everything up and she's panicking because she doesn't know what to do she doesn't know what to choose she doesn't know what looks best she doesn't know if this is supposed to be formal or informal or what she just doesn't know and so ethan calms her down and is like you know what this is a great excuse to hang out with a teenager i'll help you puts his arm around her yeah lord so i i also love that at this point ethan's like uh my mom has basically cataloged everything into binders and so instead of going through and looking at actual items they're sitting there on a couch ethan with his arm around Teresa. their legs are touching yeah and they've got binders binders full of women binders full of china <laughs> binders full of china and silver and they're turning through the pages and basically he helps her put together a table setting and she talks about the flower arrangements and all this other stuff and it's a little bonding experience i guess yeah and then he says something he makes a joke about like yeah being a lawyer doesn't work out you and i could go into the event planning business together and then he says something about like his wedding he's like maybe i don't know what he says he's like maybe you can help with the wedding and she's like oh oh, I guess, yeah, you're going to get married to Gwen, right? You know, mm. and, and it kind of leaves off there. Oh, she's, she doesn't cry, but she, like, walks away, and he's like, I think I know why you're crying. I didn't watch this scene <laughs> closely <laughs> enough. <laughs> I didn't watch it closely enough. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> I only have two sentences. I have nothing. So I feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like, um, I don't know. We were distracted. We must have been distracted. Or maybe we were taking notes on what had happened previously. Yeah, probably. Because I didn't write very much either. But yeah, it, I didn't see her crying. But She wasn't crying. But I guess Ethan thought she was. Or maybe she was supposed to be. I don't know. And he's like, I think I know why you're crying. Yeah. And that's where we leave them. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so let's go back to the youth center where Sheridan has sauntered in in her fucking like track suit. She, in her hair slicked back. She's ready to ball. She is ready to She's fucking ready to ball. ball. She walks in. She sees uh, Luis. She says, Lopez Fitzgerald, let's fucking go. I'm ready. <laughs> let's go. If you want it, you can get it. Let, Let me, me know. know. Let me know. She's she's ready. Yeah. She is ready. Let's go. She's like, I'm glad we have an audience. And then they make this bet. They make this ridiculous bet. 
oh god this bet yeah who's gonna win the game well if sheridan wins then the girls get to have a basketball team and well they get equal time they get on equal the time on the as court the boys. and if Luis wins i thought that his response was going to be the same that way no matter who won then the girls would get like their team and get to time on the court and all this but Luis's bet is that if he wins Sheridan has to cook him dinner and he gets to choose what she makes. Makes no sense because he hates her and doesn't want to spend any time with her. So that's why my next theory, that's why I have my next theory. Mm -hmm. I think Louise said that to try to get into Sheridan's head a little bit, Mm. but it it didn't work. I think he let her win. Mm. Part of me thinks he, oh, y'all, she won against all odds. (laughs) Against all fucking odds How this bitch who had never picked up a basketball before yesterday won a game of one-on-one against a man who has been playing basketball and coaches basketball maybe he's just really bad i don't think he's that bad yeah I, uh, I mean even just watching her shooting form like she yeah. was she was shooting the ball like grandma would like yeah. with two hands on the side like she wasn't shooting the basketball the way that you're supposed to i think it's gonna come out that he like let her win because yeah. he he had no prop i don't think he had any problems giving the girls the basketball court which is why it didn't make any sense that that's what she wanted well, I think that well, she doesn't know because she didn't. Oh no, he, she does know because he, he apologized her. to her yeah. and said as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't make. And I don't, I, yeah, yeah, I think he let her win. I don't. I think he said that to get under her skin mm. and to kind of get in her head a little bit and try to kind of throw her off. I don't know, but she won. Whatever. I, I totally thought that he was going to win because it would have made sense for him to win. But um, and then that they would have like a nice little romantic dinner together and blah, like I thought that we were going to get the get the show started. But, right. But Sheridan won. <laughs> against all odds. Against all odds. Robert Ory is a great teacher. He might, you know, great we need to look him up. No, we don't, because I hate playing basketball. I've already said that. <laughs> <laughs> so much running. All right. That's it. Yes. That is it. Jesus Christ. This was a long one, wasn't it? We talked a lot. We talked. I mean, we talked through the whole podcast because otherwise it wouldn't be a, a podcast. <laughs> yeah. But we talked a lot about things that. We said a lot of things. We'll cut so, some stuff. Everyone, by we, I mean you. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everyone. Thanks again for listening once again. And remember, you can always catch us on our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Passions Podcast, or send us a old-fashioned email yeah we are passionspodcast at gmail.com and we have a website yep, go check that website out we have a website and now there's t-shirts and tote bags on the website the tote right bags now. are cute i really yeah. like those um i'm, I'm gonna probably gonna one. order one yeah mm-hmm. me too so thanks for listening yeah. do you have anything to say oh i was gonna say if you do pick up some merch Take a selfie. Take a picture of yourself. <gasps> yes, please take a picture. And tag us in it. We'd love to see you and, like, see you sporting some cute little Absolutely. Harmony restaurant where I would love to see, like, people in it and yeah. out, in the, out in the world. That would be kind of cool, I think. Yeah. Actually, that'd be, like, super cool. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Here we go. You are my passion for life. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Bye, y'all.